This is the radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, and I'm Patty Scalzo, welcoming you to today's Bible study program on Heavenly Authority. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, has been teaching about the judge and Nazarite, Samson, from the book of Judges, chapter 16. When we left off last program, Samson, betrayed by Delilah, was blinded and imprisoned by the Philistines. But as Samson is brought out in the pagan temple of Dagon to entertain the crowd, the broken and humble Nazarite turns back to God for one last display of strength as he stands between the temple pillars. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he concludes the Sunday Sermon. You have to ask yourself, what does it take for a person to come to their senses? What terrible thing, what terrible point do we have to be brought to, to come to our senses? Jesus told the parable of the prodigal or the lost son, and he was reduced to feeding the swine in the fields, and he longed for the pods that the pigs ate, because no one gave him anything. In Luke chapter 15, verse 17, it says, But when he came to himself, or literally when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. What does it take? What does it take for a person to come to their senses? The slop of the swine field? Those who are of the Lord, those who come from Christian homes, the enemy's not going to treat you nicely if you have one foot in Christianity and one foot in the world. The world's going to seek to, to torment and to hurt. What does it take to come to the senses? The slop of the swine field? The blinding of Samson, bound to a millstone, having to entertain the pagans, captured as a slave. Praise the Lord, he finally does come to his senses. And Samson, verse 29, took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple. And he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. He believes God. His faith is restored. He knows the Lord is going to do this work. He has been unfaithful, but God is faithful. And it says that he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he killed in his life. The dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. There was greater victory here than all, all the others he had, he had performed. But he dies also. God brings victory. It says in verse 31, But his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him and brought him up and buried him. He's dead also. He has to give his life also. He has to die also. And what a sad end. What a marvelous victory that God gives. Happiness for Samson in that he finally comes back. He comes to his senses. So from an eternal point of view, there's happiness in this. But from this world's perspective, the sadness, the potential that was given this man, 
and that he has to die because he was so enticed by sin, he was so drunk with Delilah, that he became a captive of the Philistines. They brought him up, they buried him between Zorah and Eshtaol, in the tomb of his father Manoah. Now he's like his father. He has the same faith as his father. And he's buried in the place of his father. And he had judged Israel 20 years. This great act of faith at the end, tearing down the temple of Dagon, has Samson listed then in Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament of the heroes of faith who out of weakness were made strong. And you remember we said that God will accomplish his will. He proclaimed through the angel that Samson would begin to deliver Israel from the Philistines. It was the word of God given to his mother and to his father. And so it was. God's will was done. Samson was called to that task, given great potential, given great strength. But had he consecrated himself to God, had he fought against self-indulgence, had he disciplined himself, it would have been a happier victory for him. But all his life he's fighting against God. One foot in the world, one foot in Yahweh. And so the victory comes, God's word is true, God's will be done. But it's sadness. This man has to be blinded at the end like this and made so weak. It's sadness. And for those who God has touched, who God calls like he calls Samson, and every Christian belongs in that category, there's the easy way and there's the hard way. And some of you listening to this sermon... All your lives, you've done it the hard way. You fought. You believe in the Lord. You believe in Jesus, but you're fighting him. And when you fight him like that, and you put yourself outside his shield of protection, you've suffered because of it. But there's an easy way. God will accomplish his will in your life, and it'll be the easy way, the shield of God upon you, if you listen and turn you know, there was the grace of God here. We spoke about the breaking point, the limits of grace before, when God could no longer give him the strength and they bound him up when they cut his hair. But when it seems God's grace ends, really it started with Samson, right? Because now the work was being done for his salvation, being done to wake him up and come to his senses. And you notice that when Samson comes back, when he's broken, when he's contrite, the anointing returns to him. We spoke about the power of the anointing. We saw how sin can ultimately lead to the loss of the anointing. And then you see how with brokenness, you can have the return of the anointing. This great act of strength of the temple comes down. This great act of strength in his life is an amazing grace that God will forgive and then give the anointing back. And that should be solace for those who maybe have not done what God's wanted you to do. And you want to come back to him. Think of the amazing grace you have that he will forgive. And if you come back broken and contrite, he will anoint. And even more so under the new covenant, the new contract, for the forgiveness of sins which we have in Christ Jesus. 
We started this section on Samson. When I first read it to you, I read you a scripture from Romans, Romans chapter 11, and verse 28, and it spoke about Israel. I'll read it again. It says, concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, Paul says, but concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers, for the sake of Abraham, for the sake of Isaac, for the sake of Jacob. For, and here's the key verse, verse 29, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Let me read it again. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And we can learn a lesson about heavenly authority from Israel's position. They are special in God's sight, even when they're enemies to the gospel. They're still special in God's sight. God called them. He loves them for the sake of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But when they receive not the gospel, what happens? There's much sadness, right? Not one stone is left upon another in the temple. The Romans destroy their temple. They drive them from Jerusalem. They scatter them around the world. And only in our day have they come back into that land. There's much sadness. But Paul says that the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And when they accept, and the Bible tells us they will accept, Paul says in Romans eleven fifteen, it will be as life from the dead. For the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. Samson was called. He's loved because of Manoah's faith and his wife's faith. He stumbles. The anointing leaves. But the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. If he comes back, and he does, the gift is right there. The call is right there, and the power is right there, and the temple of Dagon is destroyed. Now, some of you who are listening to this might have felt the special call of God on your lives, and you've gone far away. You haven't done what God has wanted you to do. You've become worldly. You've been enticed by sin. God is telling you today, come back. He's saying, come back to me. He can restore you. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Some of you, like Samson, are children of believers. You've grown up in Christian homes. When you were younger, you accepted Christ. As a young child, maybe, like Samson believed and confirmed the Nazarite vow as a young child. And you know from the scriptures, you know from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, that you are declared holy because of your believing parents. That God has his hand upon you in a special way because your parents believe. But you haven't lived as holy. You fought it. And God's saying this morning, come home. Don't let the devil torment you and bind you and buffet you about any longer. Don't be bound to a millstone to have darkness as Samson's eyes were taken out, to have darkness and despair any longer on your life. Wake up from your sleep, accept the faith of your parents, and come to your senses. Come out of the pig slop. Come out from under the Philistines. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Everyone, every family, when God touches, there's great potential. And there's great supernatural strength, and especially inner strength, available through Jesus Christ. Only repent and do it now, and you'll discover the amazing grace that God has for you.
In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we ask that we would learn from the past, Lord. We would learn from the individuals whom you give us in the scriptures. We would learn from the individuals around us, the destroyed lives, Lord, the sad lives of people who have not known the relationship that you give us in Christ Jesus. That we would learn from our own lives, from the times that we've sinned and we've failed and the world has kicked us and beaten us, Lord, when we've been aimless and hopeless like that prodigal son. Father, let us not be dull. Let us not always have to have it the hard way, Father. Let us wake up early to the lessons of life. Let us see clearly your way, your holiness. Let us come to our senses and be broken and come to you before we have to be so broken by the world. Father, that there would be joy and not sadness that there would be victory even in this world as well as in the world to come. Father, that the temple of Dagon, that the place of the enemy would be broken down, that there would be rejoicing in the kingdom, Father, over the victory you give to your children. Father, touch them to come back, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to write to us, or you feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is... Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle Sunday service is at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison. The exit off I-95 is exit 61. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jashub.